0: Like noticing true problems, so when I can be self-aware and there's yelling going on in a room for a business deal or whatever, and I can slow it down myself, know the feelings and emotions I'm feeling, but then be self-aware and aware of what they're truly saying. Their words aren't saying it, but what they're truly saying. I mean, now you're a real sharp. <laughs>
1: hello everyone welcome to the jordan Year podcast my name is corey mortensen and i'm your host on this episode i have my friend devin phillips who i met in high school and have had the pleasure of knowing through his company and now catching up with him about his cmo uh, title in denver he is an executive over there and in this story you'll hear a lot about how he started a company in college how it was acquired and what happened with that company and how he pivoted um, and also kind of his outlook on how to work well, how to communicate, and and some of his views for success. And and you'll get a lot of great nuggets of knowledge in there. It was an amazing time catching up with him. We had to do it over Zoom, obviously, with COVID. And I want to thank everybody that has listened in the past. And I want to apologize for kind of the long hiatus in between everything. Um, i switched careers and getting everything, you know, I like doing the podcast in person to be able to talk to people and communicate and everything and this is the first time that I did one virtually Um, and we'll actually get some video I'll put it up on a YouTube channel um, just unedited so there'll be a lot of breaks and, and stuff in there you know I like to get the audio pretty pretty knit tight but I hope you guys enjoy let me know what you guys think of the podcast give me your feedback thank everybody that is returning if you're new to the podcast thank you so much for tuning in I really hope you like it Let me know what you think. Connect with me on Instagram, Corey in the house um, or Corey Mortensen. Um, Find me on Facebook, Instagram, you know, whatever. Let me know your feedback. Would love to hear. But anyway, without further ado, here's the next episode of the Jordan Year Podcast.
2: Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the long-awaited Podcast: The Jordan Year Podcast is back after a long hiatus, unfortunately, but it's all for a good reason. I promise I didn't forget about you guys. Thank everybody that has listened so far. I mean, I, I have. This was an experiment that I really wanted to do. It was something that I, I had always kind of thought of, and and you guys have really made it worthwhile. Because I, I just throw this on my story, and I, I really make this to. I didn't want to be a perfectionist on this project and I didn't want to just grind and grind away and just to give a little bit of, of a product and not and I didn't know how it was gonna go, but you we're at a thousand over a thousand plays on, on 13 or so episodes. So think in multiple countries, I can't believe that. I've got one percent of people of my my listeners come from Ireland and then Spain and Portugal and, and other places. So if you're listening to this internationally. Thank you so much, and everybody else that is that has listened so far, I, I can't thank you enough. That I mean it means the world to me. But we are back. It has been a long hiatus, but guys, I'm gonna introduce Devin Phillips. Devin, welcome to the Jordan Year Podcast. Thank you so much for being here. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Yeah, for having me. yeah. Thank you. And the stars the stars really aligned on this one because. I was driving after a showing and a couple of people had kind of chimed to me on my Instagram story about, Hey, when's the next episode coming out? Are you still doing the show and stuff like that? And I was kind of like thinking like, okay, yeah, I got to get back into it, but I've just been so busy. And I was thinking, I was like, okay, you know, who might I invite as my next guest? And on that drive, I was thinking, I was like, well, my buddy Devin has a really cool story. He's an entrepreneur. I might invite him along and like an hour or two later, he just pings me on Instagram and is like, "Hey man, what's what's going on with the story? what's going on with the Jordan your show? Like, how's it going?" And I was like, "Okay, all right, the universe is calling up for this one. Uh, we're we're gonna have him on next week." So we 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 set it up. Devin, thanks so much for making time. But I'm gonna let you take it away. Introduce yourself and and kind of tell people how we know each other, and and we'll go from there.
0: Yeah, yeah. So okay, my name is Devin. Um, Born and raised in West Texas, how we know each other. I mean, we go back a few years, uh, hometown heroes here in Lubbock, Texas. But yeah, I mean, I, I've had a um, a very, I guess all entrepreneurs say this, but an offbeat path, path towards entrepreneurship, uh, you know, leading companies. In 2017, I had a virtual reality software company acquired by a large auto group. Uh, the auto auto group then, a year and a half later, committed $116 million fraud, so then they went bankrupt. So it's been, uh you know, I've lived the whole life of like grinding 20 hours a day, you know, broke, no money to like being bought out and then have a lot of employees and, you know, especially in you know, West Texas, a super agriculture, oil, kind of, you know, slower. Uh, so it was cool bringing like a software company there. But again, I've been all over the So I, you know, I've gone again from the broke to like have employees. So then that completely stopping. Uh, and we'll get more into it throughout the podcast but um and I ended up moving to Colorado 2019 yeah it's been a year wow it's been a year uh but yeah and again I mean I'm just a nerd who enjoys talking to people um, conversations in the are everything uh, not only just for the hobby of it but conversations itself make or break a friendship make or break a society um, the ability to bounce off ideas in a way that's building um having positive you know criticism on things, um, just being able to connect in a way that you're actually aiming towards a goal and going there. It's all based in conversation. So this last six months, I've been working on a project that's really based on that, that we talk about. But uh, yeah, so this is what I've kind of been doing for the last year now. It's kind of getting that project going. i have a I'm, I'm CMO at Mock Apparel. It's a sports apparel and research company. Um, but yeah I mean that, that's uh I, I know there probably be more questions going on forward but that's about it I read like my life depends on it I'm a huge nerd uh, neuroscience and behavior anything that involves culture the evolution of culture evolution of man um, that's me uh, why we are the way we are uh, why we're crazy because we're all crazy but this is what's beautiful about us uh, that's where I spend my time doing this wondering what the hell are we doing
2: yeah no that that's awesome perfect intro man awesome I want to dig into kind of the, the early, you know, that, that auto group company that acquired you and, and what that business was like, how you got the idea and what, what the, you know, the story is there. If you're not familiar, Lubbock, Texas isn't Silicon Valley or the Silicon Hills like Austin, Texas is or a large tech place. <laughs> uh, it's, you know, it's very down home and, and football college town. So tell me what inspired you I, and, and that was really cool for me to discover when you were starting that. I, did, I didn't really even know that was you know, a side you had. You, know, you, and, you and I got introduced in, in high school and we were just playing basketball together and, and we really you know, didn't have the opportunity to get to know each other a lot at that point. And so when I found out you were on the entrepreneurial side of things and you had started this company and it would have been acquired, and it's it's so cool to, to hear. So I want, I want you to,
0: to tell more about that, go into that. Yeah, man, so <laughs> basketball was my thing. Like, that's all I cared about was basketball. Um, and then going in college with the University of Florida, didn't care about anything but, you know, having, like, a college experience, right? Um, coming back to Lubbock, um, I worked with – so Dykes Dixon's the auto dealer that ended up acquiring our company, uh, Define, at the time. Uh, and I was doing some side jobs with them. I was helping merchandising their vehicles, so I would you know shoot pictures of their vehicles, place on their website, just for some side and money. And we go to a lot of music festivals. That's uh, so just kind of like our thing. And one of our my past co-owners, Jaden Jones, he like always always lost his phone at these music festivals. It was it's like you would lose loser gift all. So we're in Buku, which is a music festival in New Orleans. And um, he either gets it stolen or he gets it lost or whatever. The same story. So later on, I'm like, hey, it's spring break. You got to get a phone or you're going to die, essentially. You know, if we don't keep up with the spring break. It's not going to be good. So he goes to the Verizon store. And at the time, the Galaxy S7 is just coming out, right? And it's the first it's the first phone that has virtual reality capability. So if you bought it, they sent you this headset with it. So it's the cheapest phone out right now. He gets it. You know, we do our thing, whatever. A week later, he comes over. He's like, hey, look what just came in the mail, my headset. So it's like 2 o'clock in the morning, and we're like playing with this headset, you know, like we're like skydiving, roller coasters, whatever, you know, just like this, you know. Whatever. And this, this thought came up. like, man, that'd be cool because, again, I, I did the, the merchandising for vehicles. I'm like, man, it'd be really cool if you could buy a car like this in virtual reality. Boom. Now, remember, I'm like a year and a half in business school. Like, I don't know anything, anything, like nothing, right? Jane has some programming skills, but he's more on the videography side. We have, we don't even know a programmer, but, you know, to be young, right? To be young and in- ignorant, and sometimes that helps. you don't know, what you don't know. Uh, we stay up for two days. I write a business plan, which is honestly was a terrible business plan. I so we write a business plan. Um, I had a family friend who knew a loan officer at, uh, plans Capital, so he agreed to come see us. I tell him about this business plan, and they and I, I put him in the headset, you know, with these apps for the Galaxy, and they're like, "Oh, blowing away!" Right? So and they, for some reason, uh, grant us like fifty grand to get started. So all of a sudden, we go from like not even thinking about running a business or doing whatever to fifty thousand dollar loan to start this company to do this whole virtual reality. Thing. Wow. And uh, yeah, so during that time, Clayton, who's the co-owner, uh, my roommate now, uh, Jayton knew him from working at the um, FDA. He's a data scientist or a programmer. We told him about this. He was on board. But yeah, man, for the first six months, we had no idea what. Whoa, six months. Most of the time, we, did, we had very little knowledge of what we were doing. But the first six months, we had no idea what we were doing. We uh, spent ten thousand dollars on the off at BLE. that looked really cool on Broadway and for all I don't know Broadway's like the happiest spot I love it right so we got like a nice office it's like three thousand square feet two stories for four of us there's four of us now. It's me Jayden, Clayton and Gary. <laughs> yeah y'all,
2: y'all's office was huge <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh it was huge for no reason right we didn't even need it but again we don't know business like we don't know we we're just like oh yeah business like, this is cool this is cool
2: yeah, that was stuff um, yeah. that I walked
0: in on. Oh yeah, this straight, this straight, like <laughs> man, yeah. I'm like, yeah, like that was like whatever technology I had no idea what we we're doing. No idea. So like four months go by, like we're having fun and stuff, because we have we don't so with the loan you don't have to pay back until six months. And then that's when you start paying and the interest comes and and then we pay we have six months <clears throat> six months worth of rent down. So uh, fifth or six months come along and we're running out of money and we don't know what to do. And I'm like, man to have customers to run a business, right? Like that's <laughs> that's how business works. And it, and I, I tell people like we were so I was so not ready at the time that I remember in my office like two o'clock in the morning googling what CEO do because I was like what do I do on a daily basis, right? Because yeah. like I I, I ain't never I, I didn't have a, I, I never really had a job other than stuff I was doing like side hustles, like you know, like things on my own. I never really had a job at all. So it's like I don't to do so. <laughs> we're broke now crazy broke right so i'm like all right we gotta figure something out we don't have an app yet we don't even have a product yet so we do the whole live in the office 17 20 hours a week um and that that goes on for about a year i mean i worked 13 months and got paid zero dollars a month a right wow um, thank god we have very very supportive like my mom is incredible. We had a very supportive family. We had very supportive people around us. If uh, we did run into trouble, they would be able to help it. here and there. is that if they weren't there, we wouldn't have been what we were, no matter what, no matter what we did. So it's crazy. We're crazy appreciative to just add that. Very, very, very grateful to even have that. But um, yeah, man, I, I, but I was was still. I mean, I was 20 at the time, still going out. You know, two, three times a week to college. You know, my friends. But um. About 10 months in, so our developer, Clayton, he's uh 10 years older than me. So he was 30 at the time. At the time and he was engaged. Um, we're at the our loft. We had to change offices because we couldn't afford the first office. So we changed to a loft downtown. It's like 3 o'clock in the morning. We're both working. And um, he, I see him go out to the roof. He can get out on the roof for a loft. He's on the phone for forever. I'm working. He comes back in. I don't hear from him for like two hours. So I go and I look at him. And he just looks like broken. It's completely broken. I'm like, hey, what's wrong? And he's like, she called the wedding off. And she said that it's either me or the company, right? And this guy was trusting me with so much that he chose a company over who expected to spend his life with, right? So when I really understood, like, how much people are counting on me and how much trust they have in me, like, how much I back, it totally flipped like my mindset. I went from like going out to like every day I was in the office. If you weren't wow. talking about my company, I wasn't talking. To you. Like if I didn't go out for a year, like I didn't, no one saw me. No one knew what was going on because I was a I was a hermit crab. Like I was in the office all day every day until three o'clock in the morning. I would go home, get some sleep, go back at nine. And that was it. I didn't do any. I was school by this time or I tech, so I didn't travel. I didn't. I was at the office seven days a week for sixteen to twenty hours. Uh, now, granted, I'm not saying that's the way to do it. You can work smart. I can do a lot more in three hours than I couldn't 12 hours in. So I'm not saying like what my mindset then was like, I have to make it work. And that's when I started reading. I read like my life depends on it now. But like I was a spark note king in high school. I wouldn't read at all. I read summaries online and take tests. I hated it. I just hated reading. This company, and I'm going to be going against people who have 56 years of experience. I need to fast track me having 50 60 years of experience which means me reading all these books about their experiences their faults their success uh so yeah so then that happened we really turned it around we got one customer which was Ray dykes um we started to have a product we got invited to innovation hub at tech's top 10 most innovative west or top 10 innovative companies of the year that year so we got to give a presentation of what we're doing and look for investors uh, that went really well we didn't win which we thought we should have but um, four days later, the CEO, Rick, Bart, heard about what we had done. And he sent us back in for a meeting. And originally, we we're just going to ask him to invest. We we're going to say, hey, you know, we're offering, I think it's like four, 40% of the company, 35% of the company. And uh, he's like, yeah, let me think about it. So then the next day, he's like, yeah, come back to the office. He's like, hey, we thought about it. And we talked to the, I talked to the artist. And he's like, we just want to acquire y'all's company. How do you feel about that? And we're like, what you know like like to go from literally a week and a half later we're all like struggling to eat a PB&J you know (laughs) sleeping on the ground and stuff right (laughs) (laughs) you know it's like we're like 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 you want to pay us to do what we've been doing all right cool right so we go from one extreme to like next thing you know we got 10,000 square foot office we got 24 people in there working through it's called RDI now you know we got i we're doing monthly meetings, like it's you know, we're it, it, it totally changed. It was awesome, you know, seeing my team grow. We were short about ten grand. Drew just came in with some money and he literally just gave it to us because how much he believed in us. Like he didn't even ask for not even asked for an even not even an investment, he just wanted us to get 10 grand, so he saved us. But we brought him on board. Uh so but then yeah, and that's about it. So that was in or that was in July 2017, I believe. And then in the fraud happened in august 2019 you just don't think of stuff like that happening right you see it in movies and you seeing like in you know whatever and it's just like man like no especially something so close to home right and you don't want to believe it because like and again the court case hasn't gone down there's still like uh, 2021 so i'm not gonna say who did what i don't know who did what but uh, i looked up to these guys i mean they were my mentors i mean they were you know, they, they started a business in West Texas, who well, I took pride from. I was I was going to put West Texas on. I was saying, like, we're going to be the Google West Texas. We're going to bring so much talent here. Like, West Texas, I'm tired of people talking bad about Lubbock, Texas. Like, we're going to change that. And I saw these guys go in from in a 13 year time span, go from $300,000 a year to $850 million a year. You know, it's mm-hmm. like, and every day, walking a walk, a day, go in there, and, you know, confidence, put in the work. Like, the executives are working harder and longer than the salespeople. You know, so it's like to see that and have people that you look up to, and then the next day, just boom, smack in the face of. uh, Yeah.
2: Let's talk about kind of the things that that really went into to that story, and then I want we'll we'll talk about what you've pivoted, how you pivoted to where you are now, and get
0: caught up. But it's a lot of hard work. But I mean, just like everything in life, is a lot of luck too. Yeah. Yeah. Say like, yeah, I did everything. I was a reason. There's a lot. lot Yeah.
2: And so, so one of the questions that I like to ask the guests is, and it's, it's perfect for for everything you're talking because you were in the office constantly working constantly, just shut everything out. And it was, it was just time, time to work, time to grind, time to make this happen. No excuses. But I like to ask, what do you think is more important? Hard work
0: or talent? I mean, definitely hard work, hard work in a specific path. I mean, you can work hard and go the wrong way, and it's just as bad as not doing it, or it's worse than not doing it. Um, talent, and don't get me wrong. I mean, there's people who have talent who have the hard work also, and it's going to be a lot harder to beat that. But uh, definitely hard work beats them. If it's if you sit down and have specific goals and a path where you want to go, you're making sure you're going the, the right way. The J. Cole says, Good news is you came a long way. The bad news is you went the wrong way. As twenty year old, I was like there's some I will openly say this, there was sometimes I was working twenty hours a day, but I wasn't working on things I should have, because I didn't know what the actual goal was. You know, exactly, that happened. so, so how old were you when
2: how old were you when all this was happening?
0: So when I was twenty when the company started. I was just just turned twenty one technically. We got bought out when I was twenty two. So Again, and what was hard was I was in a technical role, uh, role. I was a CEO, right? So it's one thing to like be young in a very advanced age at one thing, like just got a program, just got whatever. But I was like, all right, what's my daily task? My daily task isn't like, oh, I got to check this off the list of an actual writer program or I got to you know, do this video or like I have a direct task. Mine's like up in the air. You create your task. Your task. You just got to make sure your company's making money. Best, yeah, yes. yeah, Best, you, broad, you, broad. That's a broad thing.
2: Exactly, and, and you really whole, just dove into it uh, to yeah. be an entrepreneur, to be self-employed. And the hardest thing with that, and I'm in that boat now. The last six months, where I've really just gone on my own, my own business. Nobody is there to yell at you. No, there's no task list set out for you. There's no instructions. It is go out there and kill so you can eat. And it's the most frightening type of freedom. and it's, yeah, it takes a lot of, of work even just on that end to figure out what you have to do every day, like what time you have to wake up yeah. and what tasks will actually get you far because I, I don't know about you and, and what your organizational style is, but I'm a big list guy. I make about like I probably make a page long list of t- stuff and tasks every single day. And I get to maybe 10 or 20% of them on a good day. It's tough because no, like there's no checks and balances. There's no, Oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. It shows up when you make no money.
0: Exactly. And
2: it sucks, man. It's tough, but it's like, we asked for that. And I want to, I want to go into that kind of mindset. Like what makes, somebody want to do that why are you the way that you are in trying to be an entrepreneur and and not just going for a regular job and or finishing college and just you know getting into a position like why why are you on the path that you're on right
0: now Man, it's yeah i don't think i'm like a normal entrepreneur um so one is two it's multiple factors honestly so growing up i had a single mom um she worked her ass off we came from nothing. I do not say that. I had an amazing childhood, but we were broke. But I didn't know that because my mom never let me know that. Essentially, uh, She doesn't have a college degree. Had me at a young age. Um, so she went from making like $7 an hour at, you know, you remember NTS Communications, the big building downtown. Yeah. Love it. So my, in first grade, she was making $7 an hour at a front desk. By the time I was a freshman in high school, she was vice president of the whole So she wow. just worked her ass off. And it was a very, she was just motivating. I mean, she, would, she always told me, she just gave me the feeling I could do whatever. So uh, if I wanted to go to Harvard, I can go to Harvard. If I want to start a company, I start. She was supportive from the get-go of what I was doing. It was never like, well, I don't know. Like, if you don't do, like, maybe go to college first. and Nothing against college. Great foundation if you don't know what you're doing. Um, but it was like, hey, I'm starting this company. And she's like, oh, what do you need from me? You know, and it's just that's a very key figure or piece I don't think a lot of people have. Just that open just yeah, go get it. I think you're gonna be successful. Let me know how I can help. Uh, so that that's part just having that ingrained DNA from, you know, a parent figure really helped me. But I also think too, it's it's just a mixture of like dude this life we have currently is just it's so short. And it's just you have to go out and try things. and It's not even for like, oh, I want to be, you know, I don't want to work nine out of five. I want to be my own boss. It's not even that in my head. Like being my own boss doesn't even, that's not even a thing. It's like, I get to experience people, right? And I get to go out and travel. And I get to go out. And sometimes, maybe I do want to have a, a corporate job for two years. It doesn't matter. It's just the fact that I have choice. And not only do I have choice, I have the wanting to have choice. And that's the thing I think a lot of people look at is it's like, some people can go do something for six, but they have like whatever, whether to compare themselves to other people or you know, pressure from parents, which I understand too, go to college. But I want to be an entrepreneur because the most fun and the most passionate I've ever felt is just from being around other people and people and usually intangibly seeing the results that they get just from our relationship. And the best way I can do that is by being an entrepreneur. You know? And if I could find a job that offers me that same love and I can do that same thing, I'll take that job. You know, it's not like a distinct, like, I have to be my own boss. Set myself in a position where I can talk to the most people as possible, help change most lives possible, have the most conversations possible. And the best route I've seen that is through being an entrepreneur. Because like you said, because there's so many problems and there's so many things that there's no blueprint, other entrepreneurs are super helpful. They're super arms open. Like, yeah, come talk to me. I'm feeling the exact same way. This is what I've done. This is what I'm going through. Like, this is my past. So it's like a really open community of like, oh, man, that's great. Like, what are you trying to do? Why are you love with you? You know, uh, you go to a corporate, not say corporate, a job that, you know, some people might not love. and a conversation, they have like water cooler talk. It's like, they just don't know what to talk about because they haven't experienced anything. And that's why they have to talk about Facebook. That's why they talk about reality TV. That's why they got to talk about, you know, what Kim Kardashian it's not because they really are passionate about that. It's, they just—that's the only experiences they have. Because by the time they're done with their job, and by the time they only out with their friends a the little time that they have or family, they don't have enough time to go for two months to Southeast Asia. You know that. are not even go that extreme. They don't have time to just figure out who they are and like what they like doing, and then you know share those experiences with others. Yeah. So yeah, uh, the entrepreneur route for me has just been the best route to like really just go out there um live this crazy life that we live figure out what it means you know the best i can and just have fun while doing it And it's, you know feel fulfilled and the conversations i can bring back to people and you know, the more i know hopefully the more i help somebody else or the less i know hopefully if i talk to the right person like hey you're crazy ignorant that topic you know and he helps change my mind she helps change my mind so yeah, yeah that position only position you can do that in you know
2: yeah, that is an awesome awesome answer and there's so many good nuggets in there so if you're listening go roll on that bag because there's a lot of points and I'm gonna try and try and dissect it the best I can you you said one of the reasons that you are the way you are why you, you chose kind of an entrepreneurial path was you know you're young and life is short and that's that's kind of a, a huge driver in in my way of, of how I operate and how I view. My life and, and how I set my goals because when you break the math down and I, I've I've said it in other shows I don't know if it was in in, in Brennan's show when you listen to but when you break it down when you're 23 so when the average person you know you've graduated college and most people are in a in a career or in a job that they're going to start working in consistently and they're they're in the professional working world and then by the time the average American dies which is about 72. There's only there's less than five hundred thousand hours. Five hundred thousand hours does not sound like a long time. Yeah, long time, yeah. now the time for like fifty plus something years, you think, oh, I've, I've got time. But when you when you put it into numbers of how many out, like when I think how many hours I have left, I'm thinking like a million or like way more than five hundred thousand. Five hundred thousand is not a lot. I don't know. Okay. I, I used to work. At, at the Texas Tech Federal Credit Union, we, we counted the vault one day. And so I got to literally see like hundreds of thousands of, I think it was close to $500,000 just laid out in front of me. And I was like, this is really underwhelming. Like this is a lot. Like, this is a lot of money and this sucks. Like, And to think of that in terms of this small block the size of maybe two kitchen tables is $500,000. That represents however many hours I have left to live. I'm gonna spend every dollar, every hour, exactly how I want to, and exactly doing the things that I want to do and the things that are important to me. Because yeah. that's not a lot of time, man. And it's important. It's not- yeah, and, and no matter what it is, even if it is you know any hobby, any job, any occupation. I don't I don't care. I'm not telling everybody on this show to go out and quit your job and be an entrepreneur and take the leap of faith because it sucks and it's hard and I don't recommend it at all. It's the worst, but it's also the best and you need to focus on what is important to you is my whole point. It's, yeah, yeah you got less than 500,000 hours, man. It depends. And that's if you're twenty-three. I'm 24 now. I, how old are you now?
0: I'm 25. I'll be 26 Yeah,
2: and you know, and it just keeps, it just keeps getting shorter. So, if and Gary Vee preaches it a lot, you know, Gary Vee, and uh, <laughs> like you're gonna, what's your motivation? Like, I'm gonna die. Like, it's super bleak, but it's true, man. Like, you gotta go out there and start working on what you can't wait until you're 50 or retired and hope that you're well enough to. Start doing the things you like at that point, but let's bring it back in. So, what let is, let's, let's talk about you because we have you on here and we, we want to know about you. What is, what do you think that your greatest skill is and what your greatest weakness is and what you do to complement those?
0: Yeah. Okay. So, again, um, people, I feel like are my greatest strength, but not just like people want a sense of abroad um, because of where I'm from, you know, comes from you know, broke to money. I'm biracial. Uh, I've lived in a conservative town, so a very progressive town. Uh, I'm I'm very good at talking to people about tough subjects in a very non-threatening, progressive, goal-centered way. Like, hey, we're given this a touchy, bar to get this solved, and once we, you know, get off that path, we're gonna stop talking because now we're getting emotional. You know, uh, like goal-first-centered. Um, and, yeah, it's talking about things that, like, you know, maybe in the past been hard to bring up. from. very, like, again like empathy, I feel like it's a superpower. And I've really been working on my empathy levels, again, like in meditation, and just reading, and having mentors. But, yeah, i, I say say conversa- conversations with people through things that matter to them and things that matter to us is my be- greatest skill. My biggest fault is my micro-planning. I'm very big picture. So I'm very, you know, we need to get here, top of the mountain. We're gonna do it with these people, this these people, this, these people, this is their greatest strength, their great greatest qualities. This is the opponent that we have this is we're going to say we're gonna take down. But the micro things of like scheduling every other hour, or like, you know, the the small things that need to be just one, be okay about, you know, letting go of my ego, right? Because we grew up in the the spirit like you need to be a year's like you're just badass at everything, right? Like, no. All yeah, right. So I want to get rid of ego and like, hey, look, I'm bad at this. You're great at this. So instead of me spending my time just to get mediocre at this, I'm going to do what I'm great at. You do what you're great at. We're going to be great together. Move forward. And always being very open with my faults and things yeah. I didn't get done. Things that are like, oh, I'm going to need your help to do this because I, I'm only able to get to this. Right. And, and it sounds super easy. Like, hey, let's get people who uh, are good at what you're bad at. But ego is a bitch.
2: What lessons have you learned trying to combat your ego or, or some of you know your your characteristics that you're trying to improve on?
0: Yeah, so I mean again, oda to meditation. So what I've learned your ego is a story of you that you're telling yourself, and that's always wrong for the most part. Like the story you're making up. The only thing we have is our present, and we can't control our present for the most part. So it's like when I have the ego up, or when I have I feel embarrassed because I should be doing whatever. It's just because I'm creating this narrative of me. But it's not true. It's not even it's not even real. I'm I'm creating these feelings, it's creating these like, you know, bad energy just because I'm trying to create and that so Sigmund Freud, like the father of psychology of was crazy, uh essentially said like ego is the how we interpret and deal with the world, right? But again, yes, it's the story of us. Yeah, so, so, so again, you meditate. Like when I feel something oh, every day, religiously.
2: Talk talk about that. Tell how do you meditate? Because I've that's something that's been recommended to me to, to me a lot, and you know I read about it quite often. But it's like I can't meditate. I've tried it. It is it is super hard for me. Granted, I haven't like really consistently tried. Which and I just read Miracle Morning for Salespeople by Hal Elrod, which talks a lot about visualization and meditation and affirmations and stuff. I'm bad at that, dude. I just like to kind of get into it and just see what happens and just kind of react. But I know that yeah. my room for improvement is 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 going to be brought on by some form of meditation. But I'm so bad about zoning in, focusing, and clearing my brain or thinking about the right stuff. So tell tell me what you do because you do it frequently. I know I
0: see you on Instagram yeah, doing it. I do awesome. it every morning, yeah, every morning. So I use an app called Waking Up App Advice. Sam Harris, who is a neuroscientist and a philosopher. Uh, so it's guided. It, it's guided. Well, I'd say 80% of it's not guided, but he like has guided parts during it. But man, I had to, I had to just like you, yeah, I was terrible at it. I mean, I had to start at two minutes a day for two minutes. I did go to four minutes and go to five. And this wasn't like all right, I did two minutes one week, next week two, three minutes. Like, no, I did two minutes for a month and a half. And I did four minutes for six months, you know, and then it's like so I'm finally 20 minutes, I'll do 30 minutes every now and then. But it was a hard, hard, one, making yourself, like all things, make yourself do it every day. That's, but also, too, the biggest breakthrough for me also was the concept of meditation. So, like, I, think I had to turn off the things in my head. I had to go quiet, right? But that's not, that's not meditation. Meditation is noticing. So a thought in your head is the same as a sound. So as long as you don't make yourself synonymous with that thought and follow it, you just notice it. That's meditation. Mm. consciousness is one thing. Like, you're not in your head. Your head's in consciousness, right? So it's like, you have a thought, let it Let it be. But realize that thought comes and goes like a sound. And then once you're in that mode, you're not forcing yourself. You're not fighting yourself. There is no self. You're just everything. You know, you're just, you're one of your thoughts, one of the grass, trees, whatever. And i struggle myself. There's days I feel like I can meditate for an hour. There's days the first 45 seconds in, I'm like, okay, this is going to be a hard one. You know, it's like it, it's a still uh it's uh an everyday thing that you just gotta do it every single day. But again, it's been a lifesaver for me. I can't I can't tell people enough how much meditation for me just on the even my even when I'm going on the aggression of work, like noticing is a superpower. Like noticing true problems. So when I can be self aware and there's yelling going on in a room for a business deal or whatever and I can slow it down myself know the feelings and emotions i'm feeling but then be self-aware and aware of what they're truly saying their words aren't saying it but what they're truly saying i mean now you're real sharp and if you can control the room you can control your breath it's it's been a yeah so i mean both in the grip i think people think meditation like yeah like oh i'm like this hip not hippie but like whatever like you're just like yeah. you're softer right well i don't i don't
2: yeah, know but okay. it's like Like I don't know if you've done this on purpose or not, but it's something that I've I've caught just from listening to you explain that is that you saying, you know, working on empathy, working on ego, and just being more mindful of how you come across and how people are and understanding, you know, what people are feeling and how to how to communicate with them, you just you just brought on that you're improving that in yourself because of your meditation and you practicing those thoughts and and being mindful and, and taking inventory of what's happening around you that isn't you and and it sounds like it's gone a long way
0: oh it, it makes life 20 times better it's like when you're talking to your the phone are you on instagram also or are you text them out so like when you when you bite into a burger when's the last time you really tasted the seventh bite of your burger Right, like the first bite oh it's my favorite place second like, but third fourth fifth you're what you're gonna do after you're on your phone. You're talking to the person inside. Like, you don't enjoy life because we constantly live either in the past or in the future what we're expecting. We never live in the, the place that we are the most in, the present. So we miss out so many. Like, when's the last time you really smelled there? You know, what a tree smells like. You know, like the grass. You felt the grass. You lay on grass. But like, when have you felt it? And when you have these things, these tools of, like, what the present is, you can help guide partner to know all sorts of things if they're not working in the present they're not going to be able to lead that time period as well so yeah meditation i if there's one thing if anyone's listening to this that takes away from me that they want to try immediately meditation Wake um is free for a month and then also too sam harris has a super cool thing he's like hey if you lost your job or whatever i, I want meditation so big to me send our an email to wakingup.com we'll give you a subscription for a year for free uh, so financially in struggle, tell us the game. We'll give it to you free until you get back. So that, there's like no reason not to you know, try. It. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It has and, lessons yeah. again on like what consciousness, is. yeah, spirituality, and we're not gonna go that route. But uh, yeah. So yeah, meditate far man. It's it's just been uh, a hell of a thing. My relationships, with my families are better. Friends are better. Just helps take out that ego.
2: Yeah. No, dude, that's, that's awesome. And if, if you're too good to meditate, um, just stop and smell the roses. <laughs> yeah, that's basically it. Right. Um, so here's, here's, a, I got a few more questions. Let's try and wrap it up in, in about 15. So here, here's a, here's a question that I want to ask you. Why, why do you think that, that people, some succeed and some fail? And I'm, and I'm kind of talking in and not the so short term, because I think especially people our age, if we didn't just land immediately out of college into an ultra high paying, u- uber successful job, we feel like failure. I, I contribute social media and, and stuff a lot to that. Why, why do some people fail and some succeed?
0: Yeah, I go back to conversations, man, like still so leadership in your circle, so if you don't have the ability to have friends or a boss or a mentor to have hard conversations that get criticized, but are also open, you then envy, you then don't get the, the effect of like, I can go that pays $9 an hour and care about what my friends think. Cause you know, your friends or whatever are rooting for you. Cause it's, it's the, the you know, destination that they're all like, Hey, whatever you're building on, we're for, right? So it's just having those hard conversations or, having, or cause your inputs, your output, right like what are you watching every day you know where are you on social media is you know a suspect but there's also if you know how to turn things off and you go and you find mention like my twitter i still follow all my friends and I, I just have them muted so they still have me as a follower so they don't like lose a follower but i don't see what they post and so i just i mean i look at my stuff even stuff i don't agree with i i have both sides of the spectrum on everything because i don't know anything Yeah, that's great. All there is to know in the world, I know very little. You know, so like, I know both sides of the spectrum, I follow people, that doesn't mean I look up to them. You know, I feel like people now think you follow them as like your hero or whatever. But yeah, I think some people are, I know very little people, very little amount of people who have been successful and they didn't have a group around them that allowed them to really push forward. Steve Jobs is a weird story. Um, But that's, I think, a very, very rare case. But even him, yeah, Wozniak, you know, it's like, you know, Richard Branson, all of them, like their love is in their people and their love is in the progress. You know, I must love is in like the progression of mankind. You know, it's like if you have a circle, it gives you purpose. You do these conversations to say crazy things and to be wrong. And you yeah. then jump because you, you don't have to think you got to land that job. You don't have to think you got to graduate by 22. Right. Because the only reason you think that is because of social pressures of your circle. If you have a circle you care about who you know that say, look, I'm not going to graduate until I'm 34 because I want to go do this. And they're like, what do I need to do to help out? Or I'm not going to graduate until I'm 34 because I want to go lay on the beach for six months. And you don't want them to say, hey, that's a good idea. You don't get offended by that. You know, like that's what makes people successful is having that constant. Because, again, we live off what the story of us is no matter what. I even say it, but I still live off the story of me. I even know it's a bias, right? But I still do it. That's what humankind is. But if the story of me is I can do this and fail and all the people who I care about will still love me, of course I'm going to take risks. You know, of course I'm going to take more risks than the person beside me if I know I can work a year and a half and make $12 a, a month and that one person I love is going to think anything less than me. If anything are going to push me to go harder, of course I'm going to take more risk, And the risk at the end of the day is you know bigger return. So I think by far what makes some people more successful, it's not like a gene. It's not like, the, oh, he's just a shark. It's not like, some of the most successful people, money wise, I know, are the most the saddest. They come home, home, usually not the best in the relationship. Let's just say that um, they don't see their kids. They're just there's just this black hole, right? And that's because they don't have the social aspect of a purposeful group. You know, someone to throw ideas, throw like when they have hard times. Like it doesn't have to be ideas of business. Like, man, I had a hard day. I don't really know why. I just feel like I had a hard day. You know, like. If you don't have a group of friends, like you can tell if you love them, you know you, you think that's like weird. You can't tell your best friend you love him; he's a guy, right? That's, that's the thing. Yeah. So when you're able to like really build communication with people you care about, if I can tell my best friend I love him every day, of course I can go to an employee that I have in ten years and really care for him I know what it feels like to be to have empathy. I know what it feels like to really care about a person's problem because I have a around me who does, and we build off that. Because being great with people is just like any other skill; you gotta work on it. Right, you gotta see those trigger points, you gotta see those body language, you got those cues. And that's just what separates the people who have Fortune five hundred, not even those get out of just separates the life that when they are seventy two or ninety and about to die, are like, I lived a great life and once you to have regret no matter what they have. And it's just because of the purpose, who was around them, how were they able to, where were they able to go and how?
2: What what has been the most rewarding thing? that you've had happen in your life up until this point?
0: Oh, man. Wow. It's hard to say one. I mean, from a side of things of, you know, having the company acquired was, I say, up there, but not because having the company acquired. Um, it's because that happening allowed me to be around, again, 24 employees and the technology or software companies is my passion with people. And my passion was solving problems, both from a company standpoint, but from like a, a home standpoint. Like how you are with your, you know, how how are you and your husband? How are you and your kids? Like uh, it really it showed me that my talents, my skills were just, you know, again, you know, a conversation enthusiast, just because a lot of people need outlets, you know, and a lot of people have these voices in their head that they just need to say something, and you know, they need that back and so that's that's definitely I, I think it's been my biggest accomplishment of what I'm most thankful for is having these opportunities, having these amazing friends around me that I got to have this experience, got to put on my resume. So it opens up a lot more doors for me to you know, be in bigger stages to talk to you know, more people. Yeah, I, again, after all, you know, to say you know the regular thing happened, the whole fraud thing happened, I had to get shut down and like you know day basis, and other than the fact that seven people got laid off, which is terrible, you know, it. For me, big picture, I mean it's been one of the greatest personal things. Still having for people who got laid off There's a lot of great people who are struggling and that's just terrible for them. But as far as me and the projection of my life and what I can do to help people and talk to people and organizations I wanna work with, it's really it's really put it forward and set me straight of hey, this is what you're meant to do here, this is how you're gonna do it and you know, why you need to do it. So the company yeah. definitely Super grateful for it. What, what do you think you
2: would be doing right now if Rager didn't acquire you and assumed the business went bust? If, if it totally, totally failed on it, if, if that was just a point in your life where just the stars didn't align, What, what do you th- where do you think you would be? And Do you ever think about that or are you just grateful that it didn't?
0: I, I'm grateful that it didn't because when I tell you I didn't know what we were doing the next day, well, <laughs> While uh, we were in a startup, you know, like I had no idea what was going to happen the next day. So, we were just flying from the hip. I have no idea. I have no idea where I'd be right now if the, if the regular thing didn't happen. I'd probably finish school. And I do plan on finishing school. Um, but yeah, I'd probably finish school and, you know, get a job somewhere. And, you know, I hope I'd kind of find the path. I, I feel like what you, if you look hard enough, what you really want to do will, you know, sooner or later show a little. Yeah, I hope I try to make a full circle and you know come back. i have always been competitive. I've always been really great at everything I've done. So like I would find a great company, probably work up the ladder. But I don't know. Who knows? Maybe I would have gone full hip in the India or something.
2: (laughs) What I mean, what what is your attitude towards failure? Trying new things because. You know what what happened to you could could be considered you know lucky, but obviously a lot of preparation meets opportunity, um, and that's that's kind of a mantra that I live by. I I partially believe in luck. I, I believe there's a there's a destiny factor to things, but over everything, uh, practicality, yeah, practicality of just hard work and and trying to meet opportunity halfway is is, is what luck is. But I I want to know what your opinion on failure because a lot of people go out there and they risk a lot and entrepreneurs, the entrepreneurial story is is not a glamorous one when you really start to, to learn about it and, and get into it. Small businesses are constantly failing, especially now that we've been in a pandemic and that's been a huge talking point because mom and pops just haven't been able to survive and family businesses are going under. So what is, what is your opinion of, of, What those people should do? How do you think that they they approach failure
0: versus maybe how you feel personally? Yeah, I mean, just with life, you know, failure comes, and you have to you have to learn how to identify it and deal with it uh, because failure won't just come in business. You have to identify and deal with it because you might have a successful company, but your your marriage might be failing. You have to identify that. You have to be aware. You just have to go through it. I mean if it's worth, if you're scared that it will hurt if you failed, that's good. If you're not scared that it will hurt if it fails, if you don't, if you're like, oh, that's going to fail, I don't care, you're not doing and it's not going to work. Terrible. <laughs> you know, you're going to be terrible. That's just that. Like, you're going to be bad, whatever you first try. Have a good amount of people beside you. And if you can't, like, hop on, you know, groups or like meetups like the meetup.com or whatever, you know, Facebook, or whatever, support groups. Like, you have to try and you have to fail and you have to you know we brought up gary beans like the whole i love failure thing, right people now i don't think it has to be that extreme right you don't think like yeah i love failure You're like i can't get up there, right but you just have to understand like it's it's yin and yang it's failure and success are almost on the same spectrum you know it's like you know they say like the opposite of love isn't hate it's you know it's essentially the same spectrum it's the same thing it's like you could love what you started and be successful but then you could be running and what you thought was success later on you hate it and it's failure right like it could change so much that if you focus on learning how to identify it learning how to deal with it and knowing that hey it's life and it happens right but as long as you have a big picture goal you're still trying you know go to uh, you're going gun all right and it's a lot easier said than done i will say that for sure like hey, you know pull yourself up go like it's hard i mean that's just like we're emotional people hey, hey. things that hurt we remember more than things that bring us joy Essentially twofold. We 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 worry more about up to us double than we do about actual opportunity. That's why roulette, you win two times my money. It's, you know, like but yeah, you just gotta you just gotta, it's gonna happen, you know. Be aware if and when failure happens, write down why you think it actually happened because you might even be wrong. It is one thing to fail, but it's not enough fail and not know why you failed, right? That's even worse, yeah. right? So like you fail something get some you know go talk to the boss that fires you go talk to whoever say hey, i think this is the reason why i was successful what do you think you might be like oh no you had the technical skill you're a great developer you just can't talk to people uh, talking to people yeah it's nerve-wracking but i can get better at that you know like yeah you know, or, make sure or I, yeah like,
2: exactly i didn't know i was that way and and, and yeah that's perfect okay. i mean that is that's the perfect answer because the stigma behind behind failure and taking risks and even what a failure is, I think is is because people think of failure, you're done. You you took a chance, it didn't work out, you're done. There's there's no hope, there's no chance, you just don't have it, which is not the case whatsoever. And if if that is how you think of failure, if that's how you think of your result after being gutsy and it not paying off because of whatever myriad of reasons you've got the wrong mentality because and it goes exactly what you're saying you need to learn everything if you're going to go and take a risk you don't need to to take score of if it worked or not on a one one chance and you go zero percent you need to start racking up percentage points on and not even if it worked or if it didn't but how many times you were gutsy if you can start telling up however many times you were gutsy you're going to start changing and it goes into being making yourself uncomfortable. You, you got to force yourself to be uncomfortable. And I was just talking to a really good friend about this because they were like, hi oh, man, I'm, I'm in a good job. I'm getting really paid really well, but I, I don't like it and it's not what I want to do. And I know it's not where it's not going to take me where I need to go. And I'm like, but he's like, I, I don't know how to do that. I don't know what to do against that. And I'm like, dude, you got to start doing stuff that's uncomfortable. It's, it's going to yeah. make you grow.'re it's gonna, it's gonna suck and it's going to be uncomfortable. But dude, if you being able to say that I took the chance, I did it, even if it didn't work out, you need to be prepared to be proud that you took the chance. Not that it worked out or not. Because if you, if you have the mentality that you're gonna pack up shop and, and go to plan Z immediately after plan A, then yeah you failed that's failure and not yeah. teaching yourself anything so sorry to, sorry to go on a tangent about oh, no, you know riding, no, you're riding money yeah now you're riding money there but I mean, I mean it's that's that's a big point for me that's a big point of contention because that's a huge problem it's a systemic problem in how people have been raised how the job market is is kind of mark is how people pick jobs and take opportunity. And I hate the way that people take opportunity and try to find opportunity in respect to like picking jobs because it's, they think that they switch jobs. It's like the end of the world trying to find a better opportunity for them. And I'm, it's you, I've switched jobs. i graduated two years ago. I've switched jobs twice. I've switched jobs basically every nine months. (laughs) And, and I was, and I was, Thing. I was like, man, I'm in a tough spot right now. Like, I'm working really hard. I'm loving what I'm doing, but that lag is, is not meeting me there yet. What am I going to do after this, and how are they going to look at my resume because I have these job switches? And, dude, I can I can market. It's not even marketing. It's just telling them what really happened. It's that I was in a place I did not enjoy, and I'm decisive enough to pivot into something that I really enjoy, and I'm trying to figure that yeah. out and I'm not going to waste my time. Exactly. But, exactly. Anyway, enough of me talking. What what advice do you have? We'll, we'll, we'll do a couple more questions and we'll wrap it up. What advice do you have for the people that are listening right now? And what advice, maybe it's the same answer. What advice would you tell yourself 10 years
0: ago? As broad as sound, just listen to people. Like, we're so bad talking to each other. And we're, we all hurt so much. Like The world is painful. And pain is... Relative like it's relative. Pain is relative to you only know what you know, right? So you can't say, you know, I've been through this, you're complaining about this. Like there's one thing about complaining excessively, excessively, but like people hurt, you know. Like so listen and care about the solution. Don't care about looking like you want to look like you care about the solution, right? Don't care about being cool. Don't care about being in a group. No. Like, just talk to people because you realize People are dope. People are incredible. We live in this beautiful, beautiful place we call Earth, right? We are miracles. We are walking miracles. The fact that we can talk, the fact that we can do whatever. We are incredible. And we spend our time in these small narratives of things that really don't matter in the big picture. So you don't get to enjoy this beautiful miracle that you're on every single day because you care about something that you think you should care about. But you don't even know why. And you don't talk to anyone anymore. I mean, we live in these echo chambers. When you follow on Twitter and Instagram, there are people you agree with, agree with you. So you live in this echo chamber of just hate to dwell on the beauty of just being human, and the beauty of humans also are faults, right? Like it's full thing. It's not like it's happy-go-lucky, you know, whatever. But like when you can pay attention to that, you can have the self-awareness of like, man, this fact that I can breathe right now, and there's still you still fight for things. There's still things that are going on in this world that you need to take a stand on. You need need to fight for change, but you can have two ideas at once. I can say there are things in this world that need to change, but this is the greatest time ever to be alive, by far. By far. From an evolution standpoint, from a financial standpoint, from an education standpoint, we are living in the greatest time ever, technology standpoint. But there are things that need to be changed very quickly. You need need to find solutions. You don't have to be one in the spectrum. Nothing's black and white. Nothing. So if I can go back in 10 years and tell, my, tell myself this, it's like, look, worry more about getting yourself to a point, not in that peace, but again, self-awareness where you really care about answering true problems with people, and you really care about talking to people because you're going to live in this world that's going to be so crazy with people shouting with people leading these people the wrong way. And there's only going to be a few amount of leaders come out here and say, look, I'm doing this because I care about you. I care about the truth. I don't care about this group. I don't care about this popularity. I don't care about what I want to lead you to the promised land because there's problems I know that are really happening that you're not even paying attention to, and I want to help us get there. But first, I had to get to a level one and get that empathy, and they let me in, and I can only do that through good conversation. I can only do that through making sure they understand that why I'm here. I'm not here for emotional triggers. I'm not here because like I'm trying. To, I'm never a gotcha person. If you say a stat that no, know it's not true, I'm not going to be like, well, no, nope. boom, gotcha, you know? No, no, like, no. like, I don't. I go into every conversation like, look, I don't know anything about anything, but I did research this. What do you think? Because I'm not trying to win points. I'm not trying to win social points. I'm trying to, like, win this problem, you know? I'm not taking tallies of how many times you had to backtrack. I don't care. Like, as long as we're trying to get to the problem solved, you can be on the opposite side of me. But as long as I know it's not in a malicious way, like, yeah. We're gonna get there, right? So, yeah, so people like again, just like learn to want to talk to people, learn that people hurt, learn that people are dumb, but are also crazy intelligent. (laughs) Yeah, you know, we can go to the moon, but we also don't know how to talk to the person on the left, right? Learn to appreciate the moments in between the moments. Like when you're in the elevator and you have that weird, awkward moment with somebody, right? It's quiet. That's what I like to call like the moment in between moments. Like, it's like this raw time, the presence. Like, learn to be aware of that and learn to love that. Learn as people, we're awkward. <laughs> you know, like, like, that's just what we are. And once you learn that, you can really start loving people in your life, go on with it, and, you know, really start solving problems. Perfect. So, last question, and then we'll, we'll let you
2: sign it off. What do you say to people? What's your advice for maybe some people who are listening? The point of this is, is to kind of think about doing more, progressing your life, progressing your job, progress, taking next step take a risk, do something you really want to do. So what, what advice do you have for people that are listening right now that maybe want to take the next step, they're scared, they're afraid, they're where you were when you were starting your your business and you really just didn't know what to do next? What, what is your advice for, for chartering that course?
0: Oh, that's, a, that's a great question. So what's really helped me is writing. Um, write every day. Everything that could possibly go wrong to the max. Like everything that could possibly go wrong, like as far fetched possible. Because then, when you, our anxieties again are these fake narratives that we tell ourselves. So, it's like if I start, I want to start a company um, that I'm really into like psychedelic medicine, blah, blah. I want to go, I want to start this company that does this. Okay, well, it, can come. it could fail and then I could be broke. And then I would have to go maybe live with my mom. I have to either finish college or go find another job. And, that's the worst of the worst, all right? So now look, okay. Is it going to fail? Maybe. Could I find a job? Yeah, I find a job. Could I finish college? Yeah, yeah I could finish college. Could I live with my mom? That's not awesome. No one wants to live with their mom at 25, but like, is it going to kill me? Like, what's the worst of the worst? Because once you actually put it down, you, you slay the dragon when you can put the dragon down. When the dragon's up here, the dragon's as big as your brain makes it. It's a monster. When you put it down on paper, it's like, all right, this is not even a dragon. This is a lizard. All right, this is something like I can do, you know. Like if the now if the worst is the worst, like oh, I might die. Okay, maybe maybe we should not do that, you know. But like once you once you put it down, but then you say the best possible thing that can happen. You know, like, I can have financial freedom. I can have generational wealth. I can have more time for my kids. I can have more vacation time. All right, whatever. You kind of stack those two, and sometimes you might find like actually the best of the best isn't actually that great. It isn't where I thought it would would be. And then that might save you, there. You know, it might not even save from the, the failures. It might be like the best this could possibly be isn't actually what you thought it was going to be. But yeah, right. I call it the monkey brain. So every, every, um, Tim Ferriss kind of taught me this. Every morning, I just, for two pages, write. No, don't care about grammar. I don't pick up my pen. I just write. And it's completely random, They're all junk, like no fluidity, That not, not fluid at all. Like I just... I get it all out, and the same thing happens every time. The first half of the page is just mumbo-jumbo, just random stuff. But then my thought pattern starts getting closer together, and I start actually writing things going out, and then new ideas click. And then, boom, I'm done writing. I'm focused now. I have a you know presence of what I want to do. I'm, just, I'm thinking logically. I'm thinking more open-mindedly. But, yeah, write. So I, I tell them, if you're, if you're really trying to start something, of course, ask what you care about. But, like, write down what all could go wrong. What's the best policy? And then start there. Slay that dragon of fear. See if it even is a dragon or if it's a lizard. And just kind of go from there. And again, ask your friends any help.
2: Devin, thank you so much for being on. You are a wealth of knowledge. I am so lucky to know you. And I'm super proud to have seen your progression. And, and it's really cool to hear your story in depth right now. And, and it's I'm, I'm so happy I had this opportunity. And, and I want I want to leave it with you to To talk about your next project because it's, I'm really interested in it. And really curious about it. So please tell me and tell everybody listening.
0: Yeah, no. Before I do, I appreciate you having me on. Again, conversation is so big to me. So I, I literally think you're a spot one or two or a hundred thousand people, whatever listening. I mean, having this interaction, people being able to see this. I mean, it really make or break a generation, and kind of leading to that. That's what the project's about. So it's um the all one book project okay so it's it one is the world's largest collaboration to tell a story of us by us and it goes from the whole concept is again we're terrible at talking to each other but we're terrible at it but we're amazing at stories we're amazing at stories but we don't have a good resource of stories whether it's media or social media or echo chamber and it's like people people generally have Similar to some interest, Like we're seeing like we're on extreme sides and like we're so like left and right or binary. For the most part, we have the same interest and the same concern things we want, in life, right? And if we could get that drilled in our heads by listening to other stories, but told by them, you know, not told by interpretation of what the news wants to tell you, like told by them, I think we could really start conversation, look of who we are and why we think, why I think the things we do. So all one book, will essentially be a tens of thousands, hopefully, of, of these books that will be going across the world and will be empty. If a few rules. So one is you have up to two pages to write anything. It can be a poem, a drawing, a story, uh, a motivational quote, uh, whatever. As long as it's not threatening to somebody or a group, you can write it. If it's you, write it, right? So then, and they're all going to have QR codes. So you're going to be able to visually see every single book set to an extent. I'm not going to show like the house it's at. I'm going to show like the zip code it's at. So you, no one has to worry about, uh, oh, you know where I live. So I have up to two pages to write whatever. And then you pass it on to either a stranger or a family member a friend, whatever. And they do the same thing. And once the book's sold, they'll, they'll send to a location on there. Uh, I pay for the shipping. There's no, you don't have to pay for anything. And then once I get all these books back, which I'm trying to really have thousands, I'm gonna work with some cool animators, some cool graphic designers, and we're gonna make animations of the stories, stories of the, the stories and the poems, and really do some cool things to show like who we are. But not only that, I'm gonna have a subscription type, and it's still being worked out very early, to where we'll have themes of books. So it's like one book might be about whatever. It, what was like a topic of the world right now, right? And you can be a subscriber, and every week you get 100 stories about this theme. So you can see, like, what do people in America really think about this subject in a non-biased, non-news way? Like, I'm reading 100 stories from people around me, and let me see what they think about this and why. Like, where are their stories? Where are they coming from? And really get a true understanding. And this is why I'm doing it. This is why I'm originally from the actual books. Like, us physically holding something. Us physically holding stories of the people around us. I could do, like, a Google sheet. Read a document, or whatever. But like, there's something about knowing that I have 80 people stories, in it, 18 people, 20 people stories, and that's talking about love, hurt, talking about the muscle motivation or the kids or spouse. It's just it's just powerful. And then at the end, when I say the end, I'm gonna aggregate a bunch of stories and I'm gonna have like an actual book, you know, and it's gonna be purchased later on, on Amazon or whatever. But yeah, it's just a really cool thing I'm really passionate about because it's again it's a story of us by us. It's, it's what we believe in, what we love, what whatever, and the project's only as big as everyone else wants it to. You know, and it's, we get a, an inside look of our neighbor, a true inside look of our neighbor, not some CNN, not some Fox, not some Facebook, not some Twitter. Like this is what people are going through. This is what they learn. This is lessons that they learn. This is what they feel about this topic. And understand, I might still disagree with it, but I at least know of. Their point, know of this in a non biased way. And hopefully, having to write down your ideas and why you believe that kind of shifts your mind to either you believe in more now or less because you actually had to write about it and it sparks these conversations. Like, hey, man, I just did this all one about this. Like, have you heard about it? I talked about this and it sparks conversation about things you care about now. Now, the water cooler talk at the job you don't like, you might not like that job, but now it's an actual meaningful conversation you can have at the water cooler. So I got to write about. So i read 30 stories about this it's really interesting what do you think about because again everything conversations a lifesaver, a generational saver a, a country saver so i'm gonna try and do my part i'm hoping to drop in the next couple of months I'm, i gotta be corona aware you know so i'm not about to like send these books out yet with but uh so there's gonna be a few ways to fund it you know there's gonna be shirts will be patreon again the subscription base you can actually buy your own journal all one book journal i'll send it to you uh, so there's a few ways to do that. And I have a website. There's an Instagram right now. It's called all one book. The website's called all, all one book project.com. And yeah, so I'll be up and running here soon, but man, I'm, I'm crazy excited about it. I feel like it's the biggest thing I've done yet up to date. And uh, I just can't wait to see. I, I picture, you know, five years from a little custom built library, thousands of raw stories from people, you know, it's like my bookshelf. Like this human, human, raw, mind right. You know, this is an amazing thing to think about. But yeah, that's all And that's uh, yeah, cool. I'll be on the lookout for that. I appreciate you having me on here. You're awesome, man. And you motivate me every time I see you hustling. You know, again, I'm extremely grateful for have friends like you. Good conversation, good people, man. And again, if you ever need me for anything, whether it's a phone call or just go grab some drinks, I'm over in Austin. All that, I mean, bro. But yeah, appreciate it.
2: Well, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. This has been the latest episode of Jordan, your podcast. I'm Corey Mortensen, my guest, Devin Phillips. Thank you guys so much for listening. See you next time.
1: Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the latest episode of the Jordanier podcast with me and my guest, Devin Phillips. Let me know what you thought. Let me know if there are any really great parts that really stuck with you and give me your feedback. I would love to hear from you guys. Please share this podcast with your friends, anybody that you think that this would be really good for and helpful, impactful. I want to grow this podcast um, and get as many views and impact as many people as possible. So at the very least, throw it on your story, share it from Spotify or Apple Podcasts, whatever it is that you're listening on right now. It's a real quick button. Would love your support. But anyway, thank you so much for listening. That's all I can really ask for. Thank you so much. You guys make this so worthwhile and I love doing it. And I hope that this has helped in some way and given you guys an idea to make your day, your week, your month, your year, a better year. So with that, I'll end it. Thank you so much. Until next time, I'm Corey Mortensen, and this is the Jordan Year Podcast.